Yeah, well, question is, if he were to try to open said drawer with the lesson plan, the drawer would break. <laughs> and the papers would just disintegrate in his hands. Yeah, so it would disintegrate that he'd look at the kids and say, we need paper. I'm Chris. I'm Amy. And you're at the movies with the madams. Amy, I have a question for you. Go on. Before this week, did you know that boys have a penis and girls have a vagina? I did not know that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny, especially since it's back to school month here at the Madams, Mm -hmm. is that I think Kindergarten Cop, our feature for today, might actually be banned in certain states in the U.S. because uh, Miko Yu's little catchphrase there would be considered sex education. <laughs> you know, it's actually good as a reminder for me because, you know, it's just been so long. Well, I'm glad a three-year-old could help you out there. Six-year-old. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to the ages <laughs> of some of these kids. <laughs> Uh, We are going to have a lot of fun today, everyone. As I said, we are covering Kindergarten Cop, a very nostalgic 90s movie that is badly absurd, but that I absolutely love. Yeah, for me, zero nostalgia. I just saw it three days ago and I absolutely loved it. (laughs) So in the absence of proper jurisdiction or any other kind of police procedure, an obsessed L.A. cop goes undercover as a kindergarten teacher in Oregon to find a woman living an impossibly normal life. I was envious of her <laughs> life. House, right? Yeah. The house, her life, like, I want that. I'm moving to Oregon. Wow, the house was so nice, you'd even take the kid? I'd throw the kid out, and I'd take the house. <laughs> <Amy>. <laughs> well, this got dark early, didn't it? <laughs> so this movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Penelope Ann Miller, Pamela Reed, Linda Hunt, Richard Tyson. And it was released in 1990, directed by Ivan Reitman. Bit of trivia, his now also director son, Jason Reitman, is in this movie as the boy who gets caught making out during the fire. <laughs> and yes, he was highly embarrassed. Of course he was. <laughs> That's a whole nother level of torture for your kid. Oh, I agree. To put them in a movie like that. Uh, and have their first kiss be with 50 people around them on camera for the entire world to see. Yeah, we'll bet. Mm-hmm. How much were those therapy bills? Yeah. And what did he do to deserve that? <laughs> So much like Arnold himself, I mean, this movie has always been in my consciousness. It was a big USA movie in the 90s. I probably saw it on VHS too. Yeah, I wish I saw this movie as a kid. It's just so much fun. It is. I do have to make one confession here, though. And I'm sorry to those who disagree. And this may be surprising to some of you who know what a dog lover I am. But I fucking hate ferrets. What does one have to do with the other? Well, because they're both animals. They're both furry and some people think they're cute and cuddly. I do not. I think ferrets are gross. Okay. 
I have not seen a ferret okay. in real life. That thing freaks me right the fuck out. Okay. When I was in kindergarten myself, for God knows what reason, there was a stuffed squirrel in my classroom, like a taxidermied stuffed squirrel in a glass aquarium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Freaked the hell out of me. Freaked us all out. We were five years old. Why is this here? <laughs> this movie always makes me think of that. Yeah, that should have been in the lab, the science lab. Yeah. Yeah, not in the kindergarten classroom. Mm-hmm. It was bad enough my teacher used to dress up like a panda every year. Or, uh, I don't even remember why, to be perfectly honest. I don't think it was Halloween, but every year in my elementary school, every grade mm-hmm. from K through six, or after we left kindergarten, grades one through six, every year we had to do this march through the kindergarten classroom where the kindergarten teacher would be dressed up as a panda and we all had to give her a hug and a kiss. And I didn't dread anything more. It was an awful day, always, every year. Maybe she was secretly a furry. Uh, she was secretly a something. I hated that woman. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can uh, totally relate to John Kimball in this movie with my experience both as a teacher and in childcare because kindergarten is very much a mix of teaching and daycare. Yeah. So in watching this movie, there are a lot of reality checks in there of how things work. <laughs> but um, there's also some uh, some vicarious living. Yeah, yeah. I think the main draw for this movie is the vicarious living. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are also a number of movies within the movie that I would like to see. So we're mm-hmm. going to talk about those. <laughs> and fun fact... Kindergarten Cop takes place in Astoria, Oregon, same place as The Goonies. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it was shot just down the road from where The Goonies was shot. And I was like, are we talking the same universe here? Like, I kind of wanted to see Martha Plimpton volunteering with the kindergartners. All right, so before we dive into the movie itself, we need to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger a little bit to start out. He is, he is quite the man. However you feel about him, yes, he Mm -hmm. did a highly shitty thing to his family, another family, piece of shit move. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, this man has had an incredible life that we have to discuss. Yes, he has. And I want to discuss it particularly for this movie because John Kimball is in many ways so against type from what Arnold had come to be known as. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that he's playing against type, he seems to be having a lot of fun with it. You can see it in the movie. Oh, yes. And I think the kids absolutely adored him, too. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a walking jungle gym. Exactly. Like, I can imagine him doing with the kids, like you've seen Chris Hemsworth do with, like, having kids hanging off of his biceps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And he was a dad himself. Yeah. Okay, so full disclosure, this may happen a number of times through the episode. I am trying my damnedest to stop, but my mouth keeps wanting to call him Richard Kimball. Apologies to Harrison Ford. (laughs) (laughs) So you know what's so crazy is that Arnold is so famous that his name is actually in the Grammarly Dictionary. 
Are you serious? Yes, because I forgot to add the second G and it was like, nope. (laughs) So Arnold was born in Austria in uh, Mm -hmm. 1947 to a very abusive father. Okay, so then in this movie, when he beat up that abusive father, he must have been very satisfied with himself. I should hope so. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. this guy, by all rights, was a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize a lot of things about him. Okay, I knew Arnold was a Mr. Universe, of course, but I Mm -hmm. didn't realize that was a title you could win more than once. I didn't know that either. He won Mr. Universe five times in his bodybuilding career. Wow. He won seven Mr. Olympia crowns. Mm -hmm. It's just insane. He didn't make Conan the Barbarian in 1982 until he was 35. Yeah, and at 35, not for you, but I feel I'm half dead. (laughs) Yeah, and that had been 14 years after he emigrated here in 1968. I just did not Mm -hmm. realize he was already 35 by that point. I'll I'll say this, he didn't look it. He's never looked his age. No. He looks fantastic for his age. Yeah. Always. And in 1986, this immigrant married into an old money family, married Maria (laughs) Shriver. I'm like, how the hell did you manage this? Yeah. And then somehow served two terms as the governor of California. Yeah. And he's Republican, right? Yes. He's not a Trumper, though. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But Ronald Reagan, unfortunately, is one of his heroes. It's part of that immigrant mentality. That Mm -hmm. led him to idolize Reagan in that way. And, you know, he did all this while also being the greatest action hero of all time. Yes. No question. Sylvester Stallone can only dream of his success. Yeah. Fuck you, Stallone. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's the thing, too, with Arnold, is that when you put him in the right role, he's a good actor. He is. In this movie, he could have been terrible, but he's actually really good. He's so charming. I find he him is. so endearing. He is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes against my will. <laughs> and I mean, if you look at the Terminator movies, the first movie, he was the bad guy, but he was so good. He stole the show and then he came back as a protagonist through the rest of them. Yeah, it's quite the turn. Mm-hmm. So I came upon a list of a few other actors who turned down the role of John Kimball. And this blew my fucking mind. (laughs) Number one, Bill Murray. It wouldn't have worked. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Just for so many reasons. He would not have been likable, for one thing. Yeah, and I don't think the kids would have liked him. No, no, this was not a Bill Murray vehicle. No way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't he known to be an asshole? To play an asshole. And yeah, I mean, he doesn't have the best reputation as a person. It depends really on who you talk to. There's a lot of mixed stories about Bill Murray. Mm -hmm. And then we have, I could see this one a little bit. I at least understand where they were coming from. Patrick Swayze. Sure. Yeah. I still don't see it. it. It wouldn't have worked as well as Arnold, but I understand the idea there. Right. Yeah. And then lastly, I have to wonder if someone was joking when they put this choice forth. Danny DeVito. 
Well, they wouldn't have to worry about height difference with the kid and the hero. Well, that's the problem. He'd have blended in. Yeah. (laughs) And could you imagine him and Linda Hunt together? The principal? (laughs) She would have been towering over him. Yeah, I feel like at that point they would have brought Warwick Davis in as a teacher, too. It would have just been (laughs) comical. Mm Mm-hmm. And one thing I really give Reitman credit for, although it it doesn't work very well for the script because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in terms of the timeline and like requirements to be a police officer. I'm very glad we're letting Arnold just be from Austria. Right. Yeah. Nobody ever like tried to force Arnold to even attempt to sound totally like an American. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He always sounds like himself. Yes. Yeah. And I like that. It makes sense. His accent is is too thick, honestly. And he's not good enough of an actor to to pull it off, I think. But also, like, the roles he plays, you can make allowances. Sure. You can play with it. Yeah. And he's not doing, like, serious media. You know, it's action movies and comedies like this. It makes sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but... It's okay. You let it go. And it's Arnold. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I wish Hollywood would have taken notes on this when it comes to Gerard Butler. (laughs) But there's no taming that brogue. There just isn't. It's gotten better, but it always slips through no matter what. I always think to myself, can we just let the man be Scottish? Well... Butler seems to have a tendency of playing romantic heroes. A Scottish, a thick Scottish accent would kind of kill the buzz. You can still understand him just fine. And women love mm-hmm. a Scottish accent. My God. P.S. I love you. He does one of the worst Irish accents I've ever heard. I'm like, he's Scottish already. Why was this necessary? <laughs> anyway i say this because he's kind of become one of those like like dad movie actors you know what i mean like he's been turned into that kind of action star Mm -hmm. right all right so now let's get into arnold here as john kimball the worst cop in the world i was worried about him like he was so (laughs) slick in the first 15 minutes of the movie i thought he was gonna slip on his own sweat yeah yeah i know what you mean well that's what happens when you wear a leather coat inside. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering, why were they putting him in that jacket all the time? I think what they wanted to do there was the contrast of like cop Kimball versus teacher right. Kimball, you know? Sure. And, okay, I have to ask, the beard, was it real or was it fake? I don't know. Oh, that looked real to me. That looks like his normal beard. I've seen it. He has it occasionally. I have never seen him with a beard, so... I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, that's his. Okay. Okay. So from, from the beginning, John Kimball just has, John Kimball is like Nicolas Cage with a script. He's just got no regard for anything that's there. Pretty that's much. Yeah. Aimed, it, nothing at all. So he is sent out, presumably he's on the tail of our villain here, Cullen Crisp. What a name, right? Yeah. I have to actually <laughs> look it up. I I thought, no way the name is actually Crisp. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. So here's a tip for all you police officers in positions of authority. If you're looking for an inconspicuous operation, 
you don't send Arnold Schwarzenegger to do anything. Yeah, I don't think this was a sanctioned operation in any way. <laughs> it's just this huge man running yeah. through the wall with a gun. <laughs> yeah, I I think the whole point of this scenario is, of course, to give us the information to set up the actual movie, but it's to show that this dude is just doing whatever he wants. He's so obsessed with Mr. Crisp that he has zero regard for anything, no procedures or regulations or rules, or he doesn't even know where he is. He's just got tunnel vision on this dude. That's it. Yeah, that's why, like, you think this is going to be a different movie if you don't know the premise, because it seems like it's a rogue cop, you know, who's losing his mind in pursuit of this white whale. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that, too, there is no oversight. He's not getting censured for any of this. He's his boss doesn't care, apparently, that he leaves an active murder scene without calling it in and handcuffs a witness to the dead body. The dude took a shotgun out to let bystanders know, I love my car. <laughs> what do you think he will do to his boss if his boss tells him anything? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the other ridiculous part of this, a cop chasing a suspect through a crowded mall in plain clothes without backup with his gun because he's chasing a clean cut white guy in a suit. Mm-hmm. Because that happens. In this universe, it does. Yeah. I also think that while he's on this rampage, like, way too many people stand up to Kimball or, like, try to stop him. You see yeah. that guy, you see Arnold come up with a fucking shotgun. You're either shitting yourself or running the other way. Yeah, well, in the mall, it is unrealistic. And people do run away for sure. But in that, what, drug den of, yeah. of sorts? Yeah. It's just too many tough guys. Yeah, I don't know. Arnold trumps everything for me. And yeah. the shotgun in the coat. <laughs> yeah. Because he's the party pooper. <laughs> I love that. I am going to do this a number of times. It's an Arnold episode. Even if it is unfair mm -hmm. to make fun of the man's accent, I cannot help it. It's too much fun. Yeah. And he seems to like it. Yeah. He leans into it. Yeah, and this movie is so goddamn quotable. <laughs> and I also, I really hate what he does to Cindy here, what the movie does to Cindy. Yeah, so he basically tells her, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm going to stalk you till the end of time, unless you give me what I want. Yeah, yeah. This is not acceptable behavior for a police officer. You don't say. Yeah. And, you know, they try to make it better in the screenplay by painting Cindy as this awful person. But, you know, far too many real women in the criminal justice system are bullied into testifying this way, mostly when they're victimized. Mm -hmm. The laws in this country uh, regarding crimes against women, to say they need updating is an understatement. Yeah, but they don't make her seem like anything especially awful. Yeah, she's a junkie, but she's not a terrible human being. Oh, I agree with you, but this is 1990 in America, so she's scum. Right. And I don't think John Kimball has ever spent a day in court either, because he tries talking to Mr. Crisp uh, without his lawyer present. Again, 
he shows complete disregard for anything because he's so obsessed. I like the fact that he throws him through the door. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are times where I'm like, is it disregard? Or did he miss a lot of days in the police academy? Maybe he's hot in the middle of the year. And then Kimball's idiocy continues throughout the movie because this dummy, he doesn't even consider Joyce for being Crisp's wife, even though Dominic is the right age, doesn't know his father, and his father lives in quote-unquote France. Well, he is one of the options in the movie. That's what Kimball says. Oh, but it can't be her. She's too pretty. No, he's the one who's, who tells Phoebe. It takes too that long. It's her. It takes well, of way, course. way too long for him to reach that conclusion. Of course, if he found out initially and, and he did what he had to do as a sensible cop would have, then we wouldn't have the movie. We wouldn't have the build up. Yeah, he doesn't even get curious until Dominic mentions the bad people. Yeah. To be fair, the kid is blonde, and Joyce uh, is blonde right now in the movie, but the pictures that we see, she's actually a brunette. So if the father's a brunette, and she's a brunette, he shouldn't be a blonde. <laughs> We've talked about this problem many times. Yeah, so I would give Kimball a bit of a break there. But none of that is the most ridiculous thing said or done in this movie. That comes from Linda Hunt, our principal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love her. She's the best, whatever she's in. Mm -hmm. That comes when she looks at John Kimball and says, You're a very good teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, her definition of a good teacher is the kids are not screaming their heads off every five seconds. It's good enough. Yeah, that's a problem when you're a principal. Mm -hmm. The bar needs to be a little higher. Look at her size. From her point of view, the bar is sky high. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Penelope Ann Miller, who disappeared at some point in the 90s. I hope there's not an unfortunate story in there, although I have a feeling there probably is. Okay. So she plays Crisp's wife slash Arnold's love interest slash Joyce slash Rachel. So, okay. Question. Yes. There's a pretty short timeline in this movie from when Rachel disappeared to when we get to Astoria, how the hell did quote unquote Joyce get a college education, a teaching license and a solid teaching job in this time span? If Arnold can walk in and get a job, she can get a job. She's seemingly far more qualified. You know, that's an excellent point. Yeah. Astoria mm -hmm. elementary here has to be one of the worst schools in the country. Probably. Or the best. Yeah, and here's a thought, Joyce. If you're in hiding with your kid from a psychotic ex, and that ex knew that you always wanted to name the kid Dominic, name the kid Fred. <laughs> or Joe. <laughs> or fucking, I don't know, Harold. Not Dominic. Mm -hmm. And can we, can we agree that she's an idiot for getting involved with, I almost said Richard, John Kimball. Why is she an idiot? Because this guy is currently her son's teacher, mm -hmm. and he's a colleague, and mm -hmm. she just met him, and mm -hmm. she's in hiding, and she doesn't know how long he's staying. Mm -hmm. But look at the muscles. <laughs> That's, half this movie is, but look at the muscles. 
Yeah. Oh, and he clearly has no idea what he's doing as a teacher. There's nothing fishy about him. No, no. No, it's endearing. I mean, the fact that she got married to a person like Crisp and then she's attracted to Kimball goes to show she doesn't exactly have the best taste in men. Yeah, because uh, John Kimball's also like a self-professed deadbeat dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the kid you want, you know, around your kid now. It's, it's great. <laughs> but look at the bustles. <laughs> yeah, that this whole relationship is so silly. And I say this with love because I enjoy laughing my way through this movie. It's silly, but you can't deny they do have chemistry. Oh, they absolutely do. He's very charming. He is. And she is good in this movie, despite it being a crap role. Yeah, everyone has a crap role. But Joyce, again, sweetie, you changed your identity anyway. Why didn't you just testify against the bastard and go into witness protection officially? Cullen Crisp is not a criminal mastermind. Yeah, but his mom seems to be. Oh, 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 that bitch. I want to see her (laughs) spinoff. I want to see her prequel spinoff. What do you think the spinoff will contain? I want to see, like, it doesn't even have to be a spinoff. It can just be, like, the other movie that was happening alongside of this, where she's pulling all the strings behind the scenes Mm -hmm. to make shit happen. Yeah. But you know who really makes this movie for me is Pamela Reed as Phoebe. Oh, she's amazing. I love her (laughs) so much. She's incredible, yeah. (laughs) When she showed up on Parks and Rec as Leslie's mother, I was just like, yes! Okay. And I crack up every time at the way Kimball just carries her around like a ragdoll when she's sick. Yeah. (laughs) I love that bit. I also love that even though he was pissed off at having a partner for this whole mission, once she fell sick, he took care of her. Yes, they are also very sweet together. Yes, they're good friends. Yeah, but in a totally platonic way. Yeah, absolutely. Because after all, she's got Henry. Yeah, the great chef. Mismatch. (laughs) I love that scene where they pull over for her to throw up in the middle of nowhere in the trees. She throws up, turns around, very daintily wipes her mouth to seem ladylike and face plants. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) And the way he picks her up, she she is a rag doll and she's so short, like just one arm. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's so tiny. He's surrounded by tiny people uh, in this movie. Yeah. I think that's intentional. Probably. But yeah, she was a great choice. Mm-hmm. And she has some of my favorite lines in this movie. The little bastards are going to eat you alive. On second thought, take the gun. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I'm very much with her on that, but this is a different movie. 30 years later, I'm sure Ivan Reitman didn't foresee schools and guns becoming such a hot button issue. Yeah. It's unfortunate that uh, today's awful world can taint a fun movie like this, uh, but I'm still going to laugh at it because I'm with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phoebe's also very good at thinking on her feet. I'm Ursula. <laughs> Yeah, she clearly saw the connection between the two of them and found a different way of maintaining the cover. 
Yeah, and I love the way this woman eats, even if this is not how hypoglycemia works. Yeah, it does not. <laughs> it's like diabetes <laughs> in con air. Like, this is not a primer. Overall, diabetes, the way it's portrayed in media, is terrible. Yeah, and hypoglycemia doesn't mean that you can consume more than your body weight and food every day like she does. <laughs> you just got to keep your blood sugar stable. Mm-hmm. You know, just carry a couple of sticks of jerky and a granola bar with you and you're fine. Yeah. Well, don't tell her that. But even better, though, than the gun is the end of the movie when Phoebe gets some of her own back with the mother. You're not so tough without your car, are you? Yeah, yeah. When she walked in and she did that, that was fantastic. I love that scene because everybody listening knows I love me a good bat. (laughs) (laughs) And then mother deserved it. Oh, fuck yes. Yeah, I would have given her a couple of more whacks. Yeah, she is a good villain. She's a better villain than the son. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, question. What's with all the crisp kissing his mother? Okay, yeah, let's get into this. So, again, I want to see the movie called Lil Cullen that takes Uh place with Lil Cullen as a child and his psycho mother because um, what's going on here? Yeah, I would respectfully skip that movie. The less I see of this villain mother, the happier I am. Is there some kind of Targaryen situation happening here? Or we also have the stuff with all the medicine and whatnot. So is there, was there some Munchausen by proxy, maybe? Mm-hmm. Or it's just a way of her exerting control. Yeah, it's obviously a very fucked up relationship. It is, yes. It's one thing to protect your children. It's another to aid and abet murder. True. Question is, did she aid and abet or did she bring him into the family business? That is why we need her spinoff movie. This is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. These are the questions that need answering people. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about all these kids. I love these kids. They're amazing. I don't know how long it took to shoot this movie to get them to say and do what they needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to point out, so there are a few kids who are way too big to be in kindergarten. (laughs) And then we have little Miko Hughes, who looks like he's still in diapers. (laughs) Yeah, he's tiny. He's so so adorable. He was the cutest (laughs) little baby. Yeah, he didn't have too many lines, but he's cute. I've got a lot of 90s nostalgia for Miko Hughes because he was in uh, Pet Cemetery. He was in, uh, what was it, Deep Impact. He was in a bunch of movies, uh, but he was also one of Michelle Tanner's buddies on Full House. Right, I knew he looked familiar. Yeah, he was kind of a little bastard, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. He's got that face, you know? Yes, he does, yeah. Poor kid. I mean, he's an adult now. Yeah, he's a year older than me. Okay. Oh, he didn't get much bigger. <laughs> so another another crazy thing that this movie purports is the idea that all it takes to control a big class of kindergartners is a whistle. <laughs> right. Well, depends on who's blowing the whistle, right? I mean, if you have Arnold Schwarzenegger blowing the whistle, you're kind of intimidated enough. Yeah, I mean, that many kids, it had to be tough because, you know, 
you want them to enjoy him and have fun with him when the camera's not rolling so that it, mm-hmm. it seems natural. But when the camera's rolling, you need them to do what they're told. Right. Yeah. So that's why I think a lot of the time in this movie primarily must have gone in wrangling the kids to do what they need to do. Yeah. And apparently Ivan Reitman was very nervous about it. He was super frazzled. He looked like John Kimball at the end of his first day after his first day with the kids. <laughs> of course he would. Yeah. And, you know, Arnold himself was obviously a big part of keeping the kids in line. He said himself on Jimmy Kimmel just a few years ago that this is his favorite of all his own movies. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I can see that. He did have a lot of fun. You can see that in the, in the movie. All right. So now we have a couple more movies that I want to see. Okay. First, I need to see the evil kid movie starring Jenny. The little girl who poisons some other boys' hamsters? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what the hell was that? Yeah, yeah. Did she, like, grow up to be a Casey Anthony? Well, what's her deal? I need to know mm-hmm. more there. I need to see an orphan-style movie there where she burned her house down. <laughs> and then the other biopic I need. This would be, like, the foundation for the serial killer all grown up. Uh, the Death Kit. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Who's obsessed with death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not going to turn out well. He's going to become Dennis Nilsson or Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, you don't know. Maybe somebody died in his family. I don't know. It's not a healthy obsession. No. And in addition to Miko Hughes and his uh, adorableness, we also have the little girl from Beethoven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, she is the cutest. I know. And I want to say this, parents listening, if you put your little young kindergartner, if you send them to school in overalls, you should be shot. <laughs> and she's in overalls a few times. Yeah, I mean, that was overalls were a big thing in the 90s. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I get it. But no, no. When somebody else is responsible for their potty time... No, no, no. Yeah. It snaps and Velcro. <laughs> One of my favorite moments in this movie is when Arnold yells at the kids and they just all start crying in unison. That's realistic. That's the most realistic <laughs> bit of this movie. <laughs> and he just runs out of the room. I get it. I understand. <laughs> I mean, I definitely wanted to do that more than once in my years of working in childcare. But um, yeah, that's a big no. That's like the number one no. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's kind of amazing. The kids all survived the movie. And more than that, in the time that he went, he yelled, ran to his car, got his ferret and came back. They were all chill playing. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> that doesn't happen. No, that doesn't happen when you get to high school, or maybe it was just my high school, when it would happen once or twice a month where somebody would just screw up somewhere with the substitute teacher schedule, and our teacher would be absent and no substitute would show up. Mm-hmm. So we were just left unattended for a whole period. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this was high school. Nobody ever got crazy. People just just went somewhere else on their own or did other work. A lot of times, if the window wasn't already covered in the door, we would just cover it up with something so nobody could see in that we didn't have a t-shirt. Okay. Those are good days. Yeah, those are good days, yeah. When we had something like that happen, we would just all stay in class because we couldn't go anywhere else. And you could hear us. 
we would just be gabbing away. Yeah, it was great because it wasn't our fault either. Yeah. Our teacher would come back the next day, not our problem. <laughs> and I also really love Dominic. This kid is precious, even if he sounds like he smokes Marlboros. <laughs> he inherited that gene from his father. <laughs> and I love his little <laughs> monologue, just telling Kimball how many people are better than him. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, give him a break. He's had a bad day already. But that's the like one of the wonderful things about kids. It, wonderful slash troubling. Yeah, terrible mm -hmm. is that they are brutally honest. Yes, they are. You want the truth about something, ask a five-year-old. Yeah, and you don't need to worry about a hidden agenda with them. I love the bit where Kimball asks him, do you know anyone who's worse than me? He waits a minute. And then Dominic says, I don't know that many people. <laughs> <laughs> like he had to give it real thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, oh man, I always love the kid who's eating all the other kids' lunches. Oh yeah, he just drops him. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't stop the kid, I don't know what will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a pretty over the top little fat kid. But mm -hmm. I mean, half of me thinks if I'd had the opportunity, I, uh, I might have been that kid. Eating everyone else's lunches? If I'd had the opportunity, possibly. Okay. And then we have what I think is um, the most quotable line in this movie, one that I uh, repeat a couple times a month myself with a slight variation. Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> you really need to stop with the accent. I can't help it. See, for me, I look at my dogs sometimes if I don't know where my husband's gone and I say, where is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> but man, these, these kids... um. These kids know some things that they shouldn't know. Yeah. And also it's realistic because there's so many things that people say in front of kids, not realizing that they're taking it all in. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lack of oversight in these homes, a lack of awareness and um, general parenting. Yes. Look at the school and the level of teachers there and think about the kind of parents who would put their kids in that kind of school. It all makes sense. Well, this is actually a public school, and that's one of the issues that's going to come up later on with the principal. So it's not a matter of the choice, really, the parents choosing to put their kids here. It's their zone for this district. So they don't have a choice? No, unless they want to fork over the money for a private school. Okay. And we can be sure of one thing. Arnold has some anger management issues here, you know, understandable with the kids. Mm -hmm. Stress. You know, a lot happening with him. He's overwhelmed. He's got a headache. But we mm -hmm. can be sure that... Um, it's not a tumor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. I, yeah. knew, I had to get you to do it once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I need to tell myself that, you know, when I get headaches on a regular basis. And what else do we learn from this movie? There is no bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> And you Her don't have face. your mommies to wipe your little tushies. 
her face. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. And like I would have peed my pants just from him yelling that at me. Mm-hmm. I did that in uh in first grade. I asked to go to the bathroom and my teacher said no. Well, I really had to go and couldn't hold it. And mm-hmm. there I went in my seat. Let me tell you, she never said no again. <laughs> All it takes is once. We were fortunate in my kindergarten, though. We had, and I think it's this way in a lot of schools, maybe not all of them, uh, we had our own bathroom in the room. Okay. Yeah. Because normally, it's not like you see in this movie. Kindergartners aren't mixing with the rest of the school just willy-nilly. You know, Mm -hmm. they get supervised and escorted by parents or teachers everywhere they go. Yeah, of course. And the big thing to know with all the kids here, Linda Hunt, I'm talking to you. Uh, they learn absolutely nothing with Sean Gimble. Nothing. <laughs> All they do is exercise. Well, they learned the Gettysburg Address. They learned a sentence of the Gettysburg Address. Okay. All right. Or in some cases, five words of it. All right. It's Tuesday. Or maybe it isn't, but Tuesday is about to be your favorite day of the week. You bet. She's Jenny. And she's Caitlin. We're teachers, we're moms, we're friends, and we're funny. I mean, I certainly think we are. We're here to teach you what we had to learn and maybe save you some of the embarrassment. Absolutely. We discuss all topics from the serious to the silly. Things like how to improve your resume and cover letter, advocating for yourself when talking to your doctor, what to expect when you're getting Botox, or how to wash your face at night. And we can help you participate in that water cooler chat about sports and world events. And if you're feeling like your life is a mess, don't worry. We can relate. Yeah, we're not afraid to tell you all the mortifying and hilarious things about our own lives, professionally or personally. We're shameless. We're rated G. We're slightly crazy. Come hang with us. It's the CK and GK podcast. New episodes drop every Tuesday, everywhere you listen. Have you laughed today? Question. This Pledge of Allegiance. Yes. Do you guys really do that in school? Yes. From kindergarten till end of school? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. How many years am I out of school? K through 12. That is insane. Yeah, that shit started in the U.S. back in the 20s and then... Because of assholes like Joe McCarthy, the under God portion got added in 1954. And that's today's segment of News to Amy. (laughs) It sounds like a cult. You don't say. Sounds a little fascist, does it? Yeah. 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 The hell? Uh Uh-huh. As far as I'm aware, no other country in the world has this system. Well, I mean... North Korea has a few similar things. When you're comparing your country to North Korea, it's a bit of a problem. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That took a turn. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I found myself very distracted by Dominic's hair in this movie because who cut this kid's hair? The ferret? (laughs) Yeah, there's a bit off right with his hair yeah it reminded me of uh my little nephew who just recently turned a year old 
My sister-in-law was like, oh, God, don't judge me. I know his hair looks terrible. He was not cooperative <laughs> for his first haircut. Yeah. And that's usually the case for a bad haircut with a kid. Yeah. You know what else gets really crazy is this whole like abuse storyline with the kid, Zach. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe this was added a little bit for runtime just to pad things. I mean, it doesn't have too much runtime. Yeah, I guess I'm talking like even if it's just five minutes, because this is Mm -hmm. a short movie to begin with. Right. Because it really doesn't add anything other than, I guess, making Kimball look even better in the eyes of these women. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. And another way of showing us that he's had so much tunnel vision that now that he's quote unquote out in the real world, He's seeing all the other good he can do, is what I think. Well, it just drives me crazy because this is terribly executed. This is not how this works in any way, not in 1990 and not now. Mm -hmm. So the mother says that the husband is in counseling. But if this is true, well, that's a problem because counselors are mandatory reporters for child abuse. So Mm -hmm. are teachers. So are cops. Mm hmm. So this is handled terribly all the way around. And this is what I mean about Kimball, like just not knowing how things work. And clearly Ivan Reitman and the screenwriter not knowing how things work. He tells the wife, if he does it again, I press charges. No, no, you don't. How do you not know this? You're a cop. The wife has to bring charges if she is the one who's assaulted. That's one of the reasons domestic violence policy is so fucked up in this country. And when it comes to a kid, that's the state's job. Nobody else has anything to do with pressing charges unless they're also a victim. Maybe he's thinking about Austrian rules. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. That's the only explanation. Mm Mm-hmm. Disclaimer, I don't know what the Austrian rules are for child abuse and all that stuff. Neither do I. And I do like the fact, though, that Arnold does not have sympathy for the mother here. Why? I understand the pathology of abuse. I was in an abusive relationship for four and a half years. But Mm -hmm. kids change everything. Protect your goddamn kid and get him Mm -hmm. out of there. Right. Report this asshole. Call the cops. Whatever you've got to do. Yeah. All right. So let's dive back into the fun stuff here. (laughs) So you mentioned the pictures of Rachel being a brunette okay so this police department they act like this is 1890 and not 1990 that there's just no way to know what crisp's wife looks like and more so why are they using black and white pictures yes and she just changed her hair color (laughs) like there would be other records there'd be more photos of this woman or at least simple investigative techniques to find more information before resorting to this ridiculous undercover ruse. Just look up, you know, DMV photos of all the staff and the parents of the school. You know, just, I don't know, just basic background checks, maybe. You'll probably figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But maybe the reason they didn't do that was because they didn't want to involve the local police? They wouldn't have to involve the local police. They could just look those people up in the state database, DMV, state IDs. You don't have to call Oregon for that. Look her up from California. Okay. Because that's where they were. Remember, she fled to Oregon. 
She fled uh-huh. to the next state. <laughs> Brilliant plan. Well, sometimes you don't find something that's right under your nose. Uh-huh. It totally works for her. Yep, yep. Happily ever after, nobody finds her. Nope. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's discuss that whole issue, though, for a second. These are two Los Angeles, quote-unquote, police officers. They have no jurisdiction in Astoria, Oregon. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful place, though. Oh, it is. Oregon's lovely. Absolutely. My mm-hmm. husband and I actually uh, talked about, for a while, possibly settling in the Pacific Northwest, but we absolutely love it here in Maryland. So here we shall stay. Okay. I would love to go there. Just it, it looks absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I read a lot of books uh, that take place out in the Pacific Northwest, and they're always like such a comfort. Is it? Yeah. Give me some recommendations. You wouldn't like any of them. You would classify them as stupid straight books. <laughs> <laughs> and you wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't like romance books. Yeah, so this whole situation would immediately become a federal matter involving either the FBI or, in the case of witnesses here, the U.S. Marshal's office. Yeah, true. And as for for John and Phoebe, their whole ruse here, Phoebe has a stomach bug, yes? Mm-hmm. It's not cancer. She'll be fine in a day or two. Mm-hmm. So there is no reason... Ivan Reitman, that Arnold needs to become the permanent substitute. True, but it's fun. You get somebody else in there for a day or two, and then Phoebe's fine. Once again, it's fun. It is. It's just so silly. And I'm not saying it couldn't have happened. Just write a script that makes sense. You know, take an extra 10 minutes to think about it a little bit and Write it so that it actually makes sense. See, you need to understand one fundamental thing about this movie. Let me guess. The muscles? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Besides that, the script is secondary. That's for damn sure. I, you know, that might mm-hmm. even be giving it too much credit. <laughs> the whole point of the movie was to have kids crawling all over Schwarzenegger and him carrying them around like pieces of luggage. That's it. Yep. And him looking good doing it. Yeah, and I mean, he does look good in this movie. I won't deny that. I've never personally yes. been attracted uh, to Arnold Schwarzenegger, not my type at all. But uh, I, I understand the appeal. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm not attracted to him, but I can't deny he's a sight to behold. Yeah, he's a good looking man. Mm-hmm. He is carved uh, from the same mountaintop uh, that other men like, like Henry Cavill have also... Uh, been cut from over the years. Yes. They were chiseled out from rock and just born into nature. As well as the rock. And as far as Linda Hunt here, the principal ghost, just, just no, no, no. And it wouldn't be her decision either hiring this man. It would be up to the school district and, you know, the HR coordinator, the principal doesn't have free reign over who they hire, and they're certainly not going to allow an undercover sting operation at their school featuring a substitute (laughs) who has no qualifications and especially being a huge man. But muscles. (laughs) Look, look, 
let me on let me ask you this if arnold schwarzenegger shows up in front of you as tiny as she is and he tells you give me a job will you be able to deny him well see that's why i think the casting of linda hunt is so important because she's tiny but she's a tough old battle axe but still, he could pick her up with his pinky and throw her out the window. Yeah, but she could have made me pee my pants when I was a kid. True. And I love how she says, too, that, you know, if parents find out about this, they'll pull their kids and they'll have to close the school. What is this, Sister Act? No, this is a public school. But the fact that everything that you're telling me goes against what a public school is, maybe this is a private school. No, it's not. It's Astoria Elementary School. It's a public school. Maybe the private limited thing is not mentioned in the (laughs) name of the the school. I didn't know you were going to turn into such a kindergarten cop apologist. (laughs) I didn't either, but here we are. (laughs) You know, it's because even though you said you're not attracted to him, I think because Arnold is definitely more your type than he is mine as far as men go. Sure. But I was never really, you know, into him in that sense. I don't know. I just like this movie. It's great. It's fun. I just, yeah. But half the half the fun for me is pointing out how ridiculous it is. While I was watching the movie, I knew that it was ridiculous, especially now knowing so many more things thanks to being exposed to you. But I still love the escapism of it. And that's my thing with this movie. I just love it because it's this almost fairy tale like thing. That happens. Yeah. And for me, it's harder because I was a teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So another thing is I'm like, no, Arnold would not be working from scratch here. The real teacher would have a month's worth of lesson plans, emergency lesson plans, at least a week in her Mm -hmm. desk for him to follow rather than just having these kids do sit-ups. Yeah. Well, the question is, if he were to try to open said drawer with the lesson plan, the drawer would break. (laughs) and the papers would just disintegrate in his hands yeah so it would disintegrate that he'd look at the kids and say we need paper (laughs) yeah true and imagine how terrified the kids would be well sure i mean i'd be terrified of him regardless true yeah and i'll get to that in a minute the whole idea of him not even just john kimball but any man in this position at the time. In Kimball's defense, though, John Kimball, Krista, in his defense, the principal is also majorly at fault. She gives this poor man no information of any kind on procedure, rules, absolutely nothing. I'm surprised he knows what time to get there. She did that on purpose. We see that. She wants him to fail. Yeah, and she doesn't care if kids might die in the process because it comes close. (laughs) I mean, I don't think the kids were in mortal danger, aside from if he accidentally sat on one of them. That's true. But you know what else? Show me that ferret's shot records, because he was just going to leave that poor little animal. And I don't even like those little bastards. But he was going to leave that poor little animal in a car all day. Yeah, that I agree. That was a bit much. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's not exactly a responsible pet owner. So show me the rabies vaccination. And also, shouldn't he have declared the pet while traveling? So here's an interesting tidbit. Back in California at the time, it was actually illegal for people to own ferrets. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he just had to shove him down his pants and people would just think, muscles. 
Uh, if you shoved it down his pants, <laughs> I don't think they'd be thinking muscles. Yeah, well, some other organ. Yeah. But do you know who actually made it legal for people to own ferrets in California? Please tell me he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he fucking did. How awesome is that? <laughs> that has to be one of the most meta things I have ever read in my life. Yeah. Imagine if the reason he did that was because he wanted this ferret as his pet. I don't know how long ferrets live, but I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't know either, but could you imagine if that was the case? How awesome would that be? No, the poor thing would probably be blind and deaf at that point. So let's get a new ferret. <laughs> so obviously there are many, you got to be kidding me moments in this movie. But I think my biggest one is when the principal announces that she would like Mr. Kimball to stay on as the kindergarten teacher. Yeah, that was a bit much even for me. Yeah. Yeah, like, I want to tell her, have you seen this movie? We, I wanted to pull a space balls and be like, I think we should show you the movie to this point so you could reevaluate <laughs> this statement. She's probably thinking that he's improved so much in the span of a couple of weeks. Imagine how awesome he would be in a couple of years. Okay, yeah. So the timeline of this movie, this takes place like two weeks max. I think so, yeah. One, he is a police officer. Mm-hmm. From Los Angeles, where he lives. Mm-hmm. And number two, and here's the big one, he's not a teacher. <laughs> okay. No qualifications whatsoever. And it's like, if you want to tell him this privately, hey, I think you'd actually make a really good teacher, even though you're terrible. In this fantasy world, you're a real good teacher. And, you know, I think you should consider a career change. You don't announce this to all these fucking kids and get their hopes up. I know. It's just a feel good moment. Yeah, that's like, that's like some schlub just telling a bunch of kids in front of their parents. Oh, yeah, Santa's going to bring you this for Christmas. And their parents look at you like, what the fuck did you just do? Yeah, yeah. And two, like the idea that Joyce just can take off here. This is white woman syndrome. What do you mean? In any other universe, if she wasn't, you know, an, an upper middle class white woman here, she's getting arrested and being held until they can sort the situation out. She doesn't get to go home, pack a bag, you know, take off on her own. No, that's not how but that she works. she didn't. She tried. She tried, but she didn't. And he should have arrested her. Well, he... Has no jurisdiction. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Well, if he arrests her, unless she's into really kinky shit, that would backfire. I mean, you may very well be right. Yeah. Of all the turns this movie takes, why not? <laughs> and I love it when Crisp shows up and I just think of Cookie Crisp. Every time. I don't know why. <laughs> I love it when he shows up to his meeting there with the principal, which, by the way, this doesn't happen. Again, it's a public school. No, mm -hmm. you just enroll your kid because that's where they have to go to school. Again, private limited might not be in the name of the school. Uh-huh. And he tells the principal, oh, yeah, six years old and and uh, he's reading already. The principal acts like the kid is a genius. Like, that's normal. Yeah, I was confused. I, I was thinking I need to look things up. Like, no, no, that's a, that's a normal thing. I would expect six-year-olds to be able to read. And Crisp here, they kind of do it halfway. He's half moron and 
half made out to be some kind of like criminal mastermind with this drug operation. I don't know that because he's this elusive white whale that Kimball just can't pin down. But this idiot tries to abduct a kid from a school. Mm -hmm. There were so many better ways to do this. And you know me. Disorganized criminals are one of my biggest pet peeves. Uh huh. You know, the lack of planning here. So you give tips to disorganized criminals. I give tips to criminals who don't run their enterprises correctly. Oh my God. I just figured out our new consultant business. We should not be discussing this on the record. I could be Moriarty. <laughs> Oh, please. Between the two of us, neither of us could combined be Moriarty. So, yeah, terrible planning because, I mean, lure them out somewhere. Isolated. Make it a hell of a lot easier. Be waiting at the house. Follow them for a little while. Anything. I'm going to blame the rectal thermometers that he got as a child. <laughs> but then at the same time... He prepared enough to be walking around with a big-ass bottle of lighter fluid in his pocket. <laughs> That's for the lighter. That's a big-ass bottle. True. Always be prepared. And then I'm like, wait a second. Are, is he a busty teenage girl in a bad horror movie? Because who runs up the stairs after grabbing the kid? <laughs> yeah, and then he got so turned around, he was asking the kid how to get out of the school. Yeah. Didn't even look at a map. Like, didn't even maybe look at the school from the outside. How do you not know where a door is? Or maybe just look out the window and orient yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that hard. Or just throw the kid out the window and jump out. And, you know, I blame the mother, too, because I would expect more planning from her. True. And then we continue our, our big, strong, bad trope here in the hospital. I'm like, wait a second. There's nothing wrong with Arnold's arms. Why does he need to be hand-fed this job? <laughs> well, the nurse probably was thinking muscles. Uh-huh. Yes, she just, <laughs> she's that busty teenage girl. She was a bit too tall and too flat to be busty, to be honest. Now, see, I, I wouldn't remember. Mm -hmm. I couldn't help but notice how tall she was. Okay. And this ending just kills me. I know. Like we're supposed to we're supposed to have our little happily ever after here, but I just want to grab Joyce by the neck and shake her. <laughs> and one thing I couldn't help but notice, he comes in holding a stick with his broken leg. And as soon as Joyce jumps in his arms, he's twirling her around without any pain or any problem. And his walking stick has disappeared. Muscles. Yeah. He must have been eating his spinach. Yeah, because jello will kill you. I mean, lime jello, it might. I've never had hospital lime jello, that shit could kill you, I think. I've never had lime jello. Good. Like, okay, Joyce, you've known this man for two weeks, and in that time, he was lying to you every day about mm -hmm. who he was and what he was doing. So you have this five-year-old son that supposedly means everything to you. And now you're going to go be with the guy who shot his biological father in front of him? You know, if that $3 million exists, honey, you're going to need to put that shit towards therapy bills. Yeah, true. But John did save Dominic. 
Yeah, but he created the problem in the first place. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. His father was coming anyways. No, what I mean is he created the problem by not getting the feds involved and getting this woman into actual protection. He used her kid as bait. True. So yeah, you can go fuck yourself. You can go take your stick and hightail it back to California. But muscles. And about that $3 million. Okay, so apparently it doesn't exist. Right. And this was like kind of the MacGuffin of the movie. Mm-hmm. It felt like the end of Fargo for me. Where By the time I got to the end of that movie, which I am not a fan of, sorry, everybody, all I wanted to know was why Jerry Lundegaard needed that goddamn money. Even my husband said the same thing. The movie ended, we're like, wait, what, what? aren't you going to tell us? What the fuck did he need the money for? What was the whole point of the movie? Nope. So apparently the show Fargo continues after the movie. Not interested. Yeah, I did not know that. I tried watching the first episode and I did not like any of the characters. I decided to fuck it. Yeah, I also just, I don't need to watch um, Jesse Plemons that much. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. All right, so we've talked some about the whole concept of masculinity here. We're going to talk a little bit about the misogyny in this movie now, too. Mm-hmm. And, and some other stuff. So a lot of the moms think that Kimball is gay. Right. Because he's a, he's a man teaching kindergarten. Right. And I will say, in 1991, that was fair. Because even today, male kindergarten teachers are very, very rare. True. It's fair in the terms of it's realistic that people would think that. Yeah. But it's not fair to Kimball or any other man for that matter to assume that he's gay just because he's teaching kids or in something that is predominantly women in that field. Yeah, I agree with you there. And, you know, it can be a touchy thing, too, because I I do think there's good reason for not many men teaching kids that little kids at that age. They're just too vulnerable to predators. True. You know, and predators, mm-hmm. sexual predators are overwhelmingly male. Yes. My first like regular year round male teacher was until fifth grade. And he was like very much a capital D dad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this is probably why I think more of the kids should have been scared. So when I was in second grade, my teacher had what seemed at the time to me like tons of uh, conferences and workshops to go to. Mm-hmm. She, she was definitely absent more than normal. Right. But in my mind, she was just like absent two days a week, just constantly. Okay. You know, so I'm sure it's it's something in between. It was more than the average, but I had a very tough time dealing with her absences, some like separation anxiety. Okay. I don't really know why. It just made me very anxious, mm-hmm. very scared. And then one day we had a substitute. I'm sure he was a lovely man. His name was Mr. Saccone, and he scared the ever-loving shit out of me. Why? He was very tall. Well, at least he seemed very tall to me. Mind you, I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. I come from smallish people. My father's only about Mm 5'8". Maybe he was 5'10". I don't know. He could have been perfectly normal height. But I had also never really been around a man in a suit before, and he would wear a suit and tie. He looked professional, but the thing was... He had a long ponytail down his back. Okay. Scared the hell out of me. He also had like a heavy stubble. Like he was one of those guys who probably had to shave three times a day. 
Okay, but what was so scary about that? Well, he was just bigger. I was terrified of him. It was just having a man in that position of authority. It, it terrified me. I was a very sensitive kid. Mm-hmm. And I had a father at home who was yelling all the time and mm-hmm. could get a little scary. So, you know, there it yeah. was. And I got in trouble. And oh, how I cried. And I had to be taken home at one point. And <laughs> I got in big trouble on the playground because me and the couple little friends I have at the time, I pioneered a game outside called Run Away from Mr. Scone. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> when my teacher came back, somebody ratted my ass out. And I got in all kinds of trouble. Okay. And it's like, really? That's how you handle this? I get in trouble. Nobody wants to have more of a talk with me about why I was so scared of this man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think I <laughs> one look at Arnold as a kindergartner, I would have been screaming. <laughs> I had two teachers um, in secondary school that were male. The rest of the years were all women. Of these two teachers... One was seriously dad energy. He was the sweetest guy. And the second was a total creep. <sighs> Physical education. Oh, oh no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sucks. I had a gym teacher in high school. I'm fairly certain was a sociopath. And it had me very concerned, even at 17. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have this whole concept, because muscles... That that Astoria... <laughs> I love that you've adopted it as well. I mean, because you're not wrong. <laughs> it's why they make Astoria literally the land of single mothers. Mm-hmm. And there was one line especially from one of the mothers that I found so fucking insulting. It's the woman, the reddish-haired uh, woman who looked like kind of like Cynthia Nixon. Right. You can look like a slob. Because you're married. Something along those lines. Yes. Oh, I see red every time with that one. (laughs) It's the idea of, oh, you reeled in the fish, so no need to make an effort now. Mm -hmm. And it's so insulting. As if a woman has to, you know, put on an act up to the point of getting married or hooking the man. Or had to make a huge effort to look attractive and be desirable. So that's one half of it. And then the other half is like, no, it's not okay to just intentionally let yourself go once you're married or in a long-term relationship. Like one, you owe it to yourself to care for your body, care for yourself. And you do owe it to your partner to be the best version of yourself in your relationship. So anybody who would do that, who would act like that, as this woman is alluding to, is a shitty person. Well, she's just talking about makeup. She's not talking about giving up altogether and becoming a slob. But the thing is, makeup is movie language for that. Okay. Especially back then. Mm -hmm. Like my mother, my grandmother wouldn't even leave the house without makeup on. That generation, like, you don't even leave the house. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's the ultimate. Yeah, like Helen Mirren. I remember an article during the pandemic where she said that she puts on makeup every day even though she's not going out anywhere yeah like for me putting on makeup that's an exception right same here like i don't bother if i'm just going to the store who cares Mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah makeup is the movie's way of like being the dividing line 
between mm-hmm. a frumpy slob because then we have that other mother who's clearly coming on to him who's all made up you know with the big yeah. hair and all that yeah, the so, diva. yeah so it's like you got to be one or the other mm-hmm. so it's bad enough with her being like super made up with the hair and such a contrast mm-hmm. to the other mothers and she doesn't come off well either no no she comes off really shitty because she's mm-hmm. using her son to try and cuddle up to this guy. Right. And, oh no! Oh, he's playing with dolls! Yeah, yeah, that I did not appreciate. I hate that shit. And that shit was mm-hmm. everywhere. I even remember there being an episode of Friends like that, one of the early ones, where Ross was super worried because uh, Ben wanted to play with Barbies instead of G.I. Joe. Right, and even the episode with the Manny, in connection to him being gay was that freddie prince jr yes okay i do i remember yeah but then what's even worse is arnold comes back with oh don't worry he's just using the dolls to look up girl skirts yeah that pissed me off oh and like this 1991 this is that boys Mm -hmm. will be boys bullshit yep and she says oh that's a relief (laughs) and and two it, there's this idea that because, oh, the ex-husband was gay, she's she's worried, oh, did he pass it on to our son? Yeah, it's the typical homophobic bullshit that people spout all the time. And I think seeing that in the movie in 1991 and seeing movies now today, you wouldn't see stuff like this in a movie anymore. Yeah. And rather than getting pissed off, which, sure, you should be, I'd rather look at it as we've made progress. That's true. That is true. But yeah, between that and all the jockeying for position with this man, I just can't roll my mm-hmm. eyes hard enough. <laughs> but that, that is a, a point, you know, and that's one of the reasons we do this show is looking back on things and seeing how much progress we've made. Yeah. And how much more we have to do. Yep. That's certain. And this is another thing that I think would be written differently today. When Kimball is asking Joyce about Dominic's father, he asks her, Does he take care of you? Mm -hmm. And today, I think that would be written, I hope it would be written as, does he take responsibility or like, does he do his part for his son? Right. Because, you know, alimony isn't always necessary, but child support is. Right. I also think this movie is a real like backhanded indictment of divorce. How so? Well, a lot of these kindergartners know things they shouldn't. He takes pains to show their... They're not being raised so great. And it seems unfair to me because, you know, bad parents can be married too and quite often are. Right. I just feel like at times the movie is unfairly painting divorce in a bad light, in a super negative light, which, I mean, again, 1991 in America. Yeah. Yeah, true. And even John himself says that he's divorced and he's conflicted about that. but. He does mention to Joyce that, I don't know if that's true because he was lying to her at the time, that his wife got married to someone who was really good and he's very happy and his son is very happy with him. Even though we don't know whether he was lying or not, it did paint it in a positive way. But at the same time, it made him look bad because he's not involved in his son's life at all. So you got to wonder, it's like, how bad of a father were you that your son wants nothing to do with you at 13? Yeah, and the movie makes it very clear that he was a very bad person outside of Crisp and his obsession with him. 
And he sees that. He admits that. Yeah. So by all means, Joyce, be with this guy and let him raise your five-year-old son. Great idea. Yeah. Congratulations, Dominic. You're a second chance. (laughs) And the stranger danger stuff also drives me insane. Now, in this movie, yes, it is a stranger. That's the problem. But man... That fucking Stranger Danger program did so much damage in this country back then. How so? So Stranger Danger was an actual program throughout schools in the U.S. teaching kids to be wary of predators. Mm -hmm. But it was completely the wrong message because it's not strangers kids have to worry about. The vast majority of children who are abused are abused by people they know. Mm -hmm. And it just, it did so much damage. The fact that kids get abused primarily by people they know is way too complicated an issue to be dealt with by the government. Yeah. So Dominic is going to be in therapy for the rest of his life at this point. And not only him, but like every kid in this school has now been traumatized. (laughs) Great job, adults. Yeah. But kids are resilient. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. They always bounce back from nearly being murdered. Uh, by their psychotic biological father, who's also a drug kingpin, who was uh, aided and abetted by your biological grandmother, and now and then shot by the guy who's going to be your dad now. That's easy to fix. But muscles. The ferret will take care of it. Yeah. There you go. Ferret therapy. Mm -hmm. The ferret is Dominic's emotional support animal. Oh my God, he invented it. Mm -hmm. You're right. He pioneered it. Yep. So anytime you're on a plane with a baby goat, everyone, blame Dominic. (laughs) All right. So, Amy, out of six possible Infinity Stones, how many do you give Kindergarten Cop? I give it a four out of six. Now, see, I don't know what to do here because I have spent the last, uh, what, two hours talking about how ridiculous this movie is. But here's the thing. I'm good. I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. I will. I want to watch it again, too. It's super fun. It's ridiculous. It makes no goddamn sense. So yeah. I have no idea what to rate this. I guess I'll also give it a four out of six. Okay. All right. I loved it. I thought it was funny. It was a super escapism sort of movie for me. And it was great. Yeah, this isn't a shut your brain off movie. This is a remove your brain from your head physically movie. Yeah. And it made me want to move to Oregon because it's just so damn beautiful. Okay. So a few housekeeping updates before we go here. In less than two months in the U.S., we'll be having the midterm elections. And don't worry, no political speech here or anything. I'm a military spouse, as as many of our listeners know. And it can be very difficult for those of us in the military community to uh, get absentee ballots and all of that. So I just wanted to offer a resource for anyone else who is in the military, or if you may know someone who is who's having trouble voting, there is a link in our show notes for the Federal Voting Assistance Program, where those of us in the military, or if you are an overseas citizens, can easily fill out a form uh, to get your absentee ballots. Yeah. And while you're doing that, don't fap around. She'll never get tired of this. No, I won't. (laughs) And join our email list. Yes, or otherwise known as the podcaster slash Krista heart attack prevention program because social media sucks, guys. And we cannot rely on it to keep in touch with you. Yeah. So 
join our email list otherwise we'll be left with our metaphorical dicks in our hands <laughs> her face is saying so much right now this is one of those times where like i was in my husband's office yesterday and it, he was looking at something for work and something funny popped out at me and i said look i looked at him and said you know there's a joke in there i can't figure out what it is i'm too tired <laughs> so just come up with it yourself laugh let me know later it's fine yeah, I'm laughing at my own joke. I'm happy. You have fun with that, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> okay, so on the Patreon feed this month for Back to School, we have at the 5 and $10 level an episode of The Gump Files, Remembering Robin Williams, which is out on the feed already. Yes, and our $10 tea episode comes out tomorrow, September 13th. Yeah, tomorrow for you guys, not so much for us right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to be touching on uh, a bunch of things in that episode, all, all the nonsense going on over at DC. It just keeps multiplying. Yes. And taking a step away from DC, we're also talking about J.K. Rowling. Yes. And, uh, you know, at this point, she should just join DC. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. And we'll also have a few things to say about uh, good old Mr. DiCaprio. Yes, we do. Ugh, pig. Anyway. <laughs> we're out of his age bracket anyway, so... We've been out of his age bracket for a while. A long while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got a hoodie that's more age appropriate for him than I am. <laughs> All right, so lastly, uh, there is a link in the show notes for a GoFundMe I have created. Amy and I have been trying to figure out a way for me to shorten this for you guys for yeah. a couple of weeks now. And I just don't know how, because it's an academic conference and they love their words and they just keep making more of them for me to say. Wait, hold on. Let me get this right. You've been saying this for so long. I think I'm saying it in my sleep right now. <laughs> National Women's Studies Association Women's nope. Conference. Nope. No. Annual no. conference. Annual conference there i was close you were you were and i don't blame you i'm fairly tired of saying it myself it's quite a mouthful <laughs> it is nonetheless i'm very excited about it i will be giving a presentation on women's representation in the comic book movies uh specifically focusing on the live action spider-verse of the last 20 years so i could use some help with the travel expenses from baltimore to minneapolis in november so i would very much appreciate donations or sharing the campaign on your social media platforms. Yeah, you know, you guys could make it into a tongue twister for yourselves. The National Women's Studies Association Annual Conference. Woosak. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us at the movies today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. Let us know what you think about Kindergarten Cop on Twitter and Instagram at The Madam's Pod and follow us there to get a hint for our next episode. And visit our website, themadamspod.com, where Infinity Stones will always be a girl's best friend. I've never had lime jello. Good. Matter of fact, I think it's been ages since I've had jello. I don't like Jello. <laughs> I love the thought process you just went through. <laughs> Amy's Jello Chronicles, our new installment on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs>